Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body and lifestyle. Hi friends, I hope you're well. I just got back off a very busy weekend. It was so nice to meet some of you at the Health Optimization Summit in London where I was emceeing the event and also talking all about understanding and optimizing the female menstrual cycle, which I believe really is the foundation for us women of health and performance. So it was lovely to connect with those of you that came along. It was a transformational, amazing, amazing event. So I'm still buzzing from that. And this weekend coming up, we have the Queen's Jubilee. So woohoo, we have a four day weekend here in the UK which is going to be totally awesome I'm sure many of you are thinking about street parties and other things barbecues this weekend like we are Um, I also have some new reviews in about the show which I thought I'd read out a lovely one from Good Plan Dan big fan of Angela and her pod she's lovely and asks great questions keep it up thank you so much Good Plan Dan and another one from Dr Sharon Grossman which says the best place to be what I love about this podcast is it not only equips you with real solutions to improve your performance but that both the host and the guests are walking the talk thank you for your dedication to the mind body spirit and thank you so much for leaving that review and for listening to this show Um, if you have left a review and i have read out your review or you're about to and i read it out then we would love to send you a free biohacking supplement just a little surprise gift as my way of saying thank you so sharon and dan please reach out to me info at angelafosterperformance.com so we can send you some swag and for anyone else that is listening your reviews matter so much to me i personally read every single review myself they help to give the show more visibility so that we can really help to get the message out to a wider audience so i'm eternally grateful when someone leaves a review and so please if you are listening to this and you're enjoying the show please do go ahead and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening and then um, if we read out your review we will then also send you a free biohacking supplement so that's all exciting and i'm excited about my guest today um my guest is Dr. Eva Canero, and Dr. Eva is a consultant in sports and exercise medicine working at the Sports Medical Group London. She's also a mentor for the True Athlete Project and a clinical advisor for TRR Nutrition. Now, TRR Nutrition is the collagen supplement that I have been taking for a number of months now, and I absolutely love it. I've been experimenting with collagen for some time, sprinkling it into my coffee, finding different ways, you know, adding it to a protein shake, finding different ways of trying to work it into my day and make sure that I don't forget to take it and actually I found that TRR is the best way because not only do they do a powdered version which is easy if you're traveling they also do a liquid formulation that tastes incredible and I actually just it tastes of cherry it's beautifully flavored and so I just pop it in the fridge and pour one out and it's lovely and refreshing and because it's created that reminder in my brain because I love the taste so much it's very easy to remember but the other cool thing about it is not only is it 10,000 milligrams of marine collagen it also has seven other active ingredients that really help your connective tissue and your joint health so it's not just for things like skin health and actually it was developed with Andy Murray in mind to support his journey back to top flight tennis 
um, after an injury to help him recover. And so it really has been formulated to support, support joints and bones, but also to really help the health of your skin as well, which is another cool thing that you get when you're taking collagen. And so I was really excited to get Dr. Eva on the show. And she is an absolute expert in everything to do with collagen um, formation, how to enhance collagen production as we're aging, how to enhance recovery, and also in things like cartilage as well and connective tissue. And so you're going to hear all about that on today's show. And she has very kindly given listeners of this podcast 20% off any of TRR Nutrition's range. So you can try the collagen powder or the liquid collagen, which is the one that I love. All you need to do is head over to their website, trrnutrition.com. That's trrnutrition.com and enter code ANGELA20 at checkout and you'll get a very special 20% off. But now, without further delay, let me introduce you to the lovely Dr. Ava Conero. So Ava, I'm absolutely thrilled to have you today to talk about one of my favorite topics, uh, collagen and longevity and anti-aging. I just think this is so relevant for so many people. And I've personally been trying the collagen supplement and absolutely loving it, the taste of it and the results. So we're gonna dive all into that on today's episode. But first of all, a very warm welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you, Angela, for inviting me to speak. Pleasure to be here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, so we were chatting just before, and I think uh, you have so much knowledge in relation to how collagen works in the body, um, the structure, why we need it. I think that let's sort of that's probably a really good place to start. Um, what's going on when we're training hard, as we're aging, and why might we need to start supplementing with collagen, and when is the right time for that? Well, I mean, collagen essentially is a structural protein in the, in the body. And for a long time, we're saying we've been obsessed with the single cell and, and, you know, rightly so, the basic unit of life is the cell be muscle, skin, tendon. Um, but around that cell is this sort of quite complex scaffolding, if you like. I mean, the word scaffolding doesn't do it justice because it's an amazing tissue that actually um, transports chemicals and actually allows the cell to both communicate and make the tissue what it is specific to its function but also it, it feeds back into the cell as to what's happening to it as we move as we degrade now important degrade is often used um as a negative uh, uh word but actually um in sport it's necessary we degrade every time we move every time we exercise we're degrading our extracellular matrix that means we're breaking it down um, but that's actually one of that's how we adapt to exercise. That's how we become better, fitter, stronger. So what happens is the, the, the collagen is this major sort of the most common protein in this extracellular matrix. This extracellular matrix is affected by exercise, breaks down, feeds back into the cell, cell then delivers um, complex chemical um, communication as well um, and uh, delivers back to the collagen and actually even sometimes changes direction, builds it back bigger, stronger in the direction that we need a better quality collagen fibril. So that means that the structure of the actual tissue, be it skin, tendon, muscle, um, is then uh, of better quality. Okay, amazing. And when, when we're like working out, obviously that sort of wear and tear on the joints, some of that is going to be coming from the type of exercise that we're doing, right? So when we look at something like tennis, for example, it involves a lot of different lateral movements and actually you're stopping quite hard before you then take off again, right? That's very wearing on the joints. Running, for example, less more so than, say, something like cycling or swimming where you're really well supported. 
Um, do you find that depending on the type of sport that people are doing, they're going to see greater wear and tear and, and greater need for support in this regard? And absolutely, the the, um, the loading of both joints and, and soft tissues is very sport specific. And you're right, like the, there are lots of multi-directional changes in tennis. Um, but remember that also, like with things like cartilage and joints, um, part of this loading is necessary for cartilage health. The real sweet spot is to know how much we can load to make muscles strong and sort of for these sort of compressive forces to be dampened a little bit but compress enough so that this tissue is strong, healthier, better, because that's actually the only way that cartilage gets its vascular supply, but it's compression. It's designed to actually compress. What is important is that what we do as professionals that work with, with pro sportsmen is actually measure where this sweet spot is for the athlete, because actually it's, it's quite genetic as well, and it does have to do with previous injury history. And so how we load is is the real art in in elite sports if that makes sense and mm. um, but it isn't just uh, a negative so the, these are old um ways to describe what happens when you exercise you know it's like oh you know self-imposed damage or actually loading is a positive thing for the body it makes you structurally stronger um and it's just knowing how to load and knowing when to rest and recover that is a real art in order to prevent injury that's interesting. So what you're saying, because obviously I knew the benefits that when you are using something like resistance training, for example, not only are you strengthening the muscle tissue, you're also strengthening bone density. It has positive effects on that. But it sounds like what you're saying is the cartilage actually is being yes. strengthened by those exercises as well. So there's a kind exactly. of a sweet spot. It's kind of like a, this compressive force actually allows all the fluids and chemicals to sort of bathe the cartilage and sustain it and actually cartilage health. So if you think about it, you know, osteoarthritis is more common in obese sedentary population yeah. than it is um, in the in the average population. So this is all about, and again, that has to also with, with the muscle strength around the joint to protect what happens. Um, you know, so when you get these um, multi-directional changes in, in tennis, for example, um, the muscles are highly adapted to be able to sustain that. The important thing is to know when to rest and recover so that we don't sustain uh, you know, sudden onset type loading that then damages the cartilage irreversibly. Yeah, very interesting. And I know you were mentioning actually when we were chatting just before that what you see in the difference between your pro athletic clients and patients compared to the, the amateur ones, often people who are not competing are actually overtraining. And you were talking there a little bit about the sweet spot. What would you say, and I, kn I know that, you know, obviously genetics play a part, um, also their recovery, their sleep, everything else they've got on. Uh, and, and with somebody who, for example, is an amateur athlete, they're probably working full time as well and they've got a fairly high stress Absolutely. load in their life. It's not, yeah, their sole job. But I'm just curious because I think, you know, from some of the research I've seen actually is that when you start to exercise over an hour in terms of endurance work, so people that are doing Ironmans, you know, ultra marathons, things like that, actually there can be significant cardiovascular implications from over-exercising and it seems and particularly in the female population I think um, in those that are still cycling um, in terms of supporting hormone levels it seems to me that if you're not a pro athlete and we can talk about the differences there that actually somewhere around 45 minutes to 60 minutes is about optimal in terms of exercise but I'm just curious on your your valued opinion on this yes and it, it um, I mean it is 
like what happens in amateur athletes when you're giving general advice and that's the difficulty we have as sports medicine doctors that it's actually very difficult to give general advice because you and me would be very different physical specimens our histories will be very different the way we've evolved will be very different so what we do is consider the individual and what they've done and their physical condition you know their weight their aptitude their injury history what they did when they were growing up, what sort of sports did they do? You know, did you do 10 hours of gymnastics a day when you were 14? Is your spine paying the price for that? Like, so all of that, the injuries you carry as a result of your previous history, have you, are you overweight? Have you been overweight? You know, what is your current condition? These, all of these factors, um, obviously illnesses, medications, you know, um, you know, all of this is relevant for us to make a judgment. And, what we see is in the in the non-professional, as you rightly say, you know, uh, professional athletes, ha this is their job, that's what they have to worry about, you know, they, they consider the loading very carefully, they get professional advice, they can dedicate time and, and energy to this. In my non-pro, these are real considerations, work, the number of hours actually they spend sitting at a desk, they, mm. you know, some of, um, I have um, a patient who's a non-pro athlete who actually competed in Olympic qualifiers, but was spending 10 hours a day doing doing work in his office and then trained, which is incredible for him as an individual, not so good for his spine or his, um, or his you know, what, what was happening when he was actually loading his spine when he wasn't sitting. So all of these things are, when, when we see a patient in clinic, we individualize the advice we give. Often I'm asking and it's really difficult, you know, so show me your training diary, what have you done this week? talk me through your week what does it look like you know and then and then actually you give specific advice to that person to modify sadly when they come to me usually they've been injured so mm -hmm. we're learning a little bit from our mistakes and you're right i think you know there's this concept of like you know they train more you know elite athletes pro athletes train so much because we always tend to picture them when they're training and we just think they're training all the time and actually more is not necessarily best it's about actually knowing when to rest and recover. That's a real um, skill. And it is possible, I think, as an amateur athlete to get to know yourself really well. But often the same stresses around work, family, you know, earning a living aside from your sport, um, sometimes dampen the signals that our body is sending around recovery. Um, so, so I need to run because I'm super stressed and I need to get rid of this horrible tension. And yes, there's a benefit to relieving stress with exercise. But musculoskeletally, there's also, a, you know, a, a load that you're sustaining and that you have to measure because, you know, uh, musculoskeletal tissues need recovery too. Mm. So, so the, this is the the real difficulty, and I think it um, when you do go on this journey, the amateur athlete, it's amazing because on the other end, they're training better, they're enjoying the training more, they've got a much more healthy relationship with exercise. But it's a real change in lifestyle and thinking that needs to happen. And that's often a really difficult thing to do and to undertake. Mm. I think so, because as, as we were saying before, right, it becomes quite addictive because of the endorphin release that you're getting. And I think what I've seen with people as well is, is when they perpetually do that, sometimes actually what happens is they don't actually create enough polarity in the training. So they're not doing enough recovery and they're also not exercising hard enough because you can go out for a long run but not push that hard and still get this tremendous endorphin release, but it's causing kind of significant inflammation in the body, upregulating cortisol. And I don't know about you, but what I end up seeing is, this is when people come and they have injuries, but they also end up with body fat that they can't lose, particularly around the abdominal area. And that always signifies to me that cortisol is kind of being raised uh, quite significantly. Um, 
So it is interesting. I guess when you're talking about the cartilage there, and then I want to talk about the supplement and how it supports, just so people can understand, if they are exercising a lot, you're saying that stressing the, the joints actually helps with that tissue. Um, but what about in terms of the balance of, say, mobility work and stretching that needs to go alongside any exercise program? What have you found is, is optimal there? Um, yes, and again, it depends on your sport um, and, and what you do. Um, but I'm, I'm absolutely a big fan of um, keeping your spinal mobility. So actually structurally working to not only stretch, I mean, I think the static stretching is a little bit, I, I like static stretching sometimes for muscle length, if people are particularly short, but dynamic stretching is really what, what sort of um, is coming into, and there are so many lovely um, sports and exercise modalities that now sort of take in, incorporate a little bit of the static dynamic stretching interface that actually keeps, as you say, the spinal mobility, the mobility around those tissues that that otherwise become very tight depends on your sport you know some sports need to be stiffer in order to perform and mm. you know sort of a, at their optimal level but but there is there needs to be an understanding about um as you say moving certain structures because otherwise you end up with muscle shortening and that can be pathological in itself i think mm. And with the collagen, um, just moving to that now, because I think it's, uh, I know a lot of listeners will be really interested in this. Um, when you're taking collagen, one question I have, because obviously it's a, an incomplete essential amino acid profile, right? It's missing the tryptophan. For that to work in the body, does it need to be taken independently of other sources of protein so that the body is seeing that as a sort of isolated structure or can you take it as part of something else like can you have a protein shake and then add your collagen in for example will you still get the same benefits we um we absorb it well because what we do is we're not absorbing the collagen molecule itself we're actually um, absorbing the peptide the collagen peptide so it's a breakdown version. that's why it's when you're going to have a naturally coming in the bone broth but what we have found is that in the studies is that in a supplement we can super concentrate the amount of peptides that you absorb and that's well absorbed into the gut and therefore we also see that there's more collagen peptide in the tissues that need it and um, when you so those, so those studies are, are really coming together so actually it's very i always say take it as naturally as you can take it with food it's well absorbed your body is literally using it as a little oh this is it a little building block that i need to take okay. it absorb it use it so there's no real, I would say, you know, obviously, um, I'm always very uh, aware that things like tea and coffee um, inhibit absorption of pretty much everything. And with our supplements, um, you know, there's a couple of components there that would be affected by tea and coffee. So I would say keep well away from tea and coffee when you're trying to get, absorb something, mm-hmm. um, and uh, which I find really difficult, obviously, because I, my coffee in the morning is like part of my religion. But uh, <laughs> Me too. But, yeah, but, but you, you do need a little bit, you need to just be clever about a little bit like a vitamin pill. If you're going to take a multivitamin pill, don't take your coffee or tea. Uh, but that, those would be, but not necessarily because of the collagen peptide, but rather the other the other things in the supplement. Oh, right, in terms of inhibiting the absorption. Okay, so interestingly, so the body's going to kind of see that peptide chain and use it as it needs to. Yes. Okay, so taking it along with other food and protein is yeah, fine. Yeah, it in guts and then uses it as, as required. Okay, interesting. And does it also then prompt the body? I've seen some literature I think around the fact that not only are you benefiting from that collagen it's also because the body sees it and sees this collagen it almost up then up regulates your own collagen pathway production because it's almost perceived almost I suppose almost like an injury right oh there's a need for collagen 
Absolutely. The, um, the, I mean, essentially, we decrease our collagen production from the age of 25. So, um, you know, so we, we just basically, we don't produce as much. Our metabolism is slowed. Interestingly, this is kind of the age when we start calling athletes mature. I mean, very, very we treat 28 year old athletes very differently to 20 year olds you know there's just, just different metabolisms different ways of rehabilitating they take longer coming back from an injury repair mechanism so interesting correlation there obviously these are complex processes as well we can't just say it's collagen but but we do know that um we can basically um increase the the collagen production by actually taking collagen peptides so we see it in our gut and then interestingly in cartilage particularly which i'm really fascinated by when you surround little cartilage cells with collagen peptides not only do they do they take it on board but actually they produce the type 2 collagen that is specific for cartilage and the more collagen peptide you surround these cells with the more collagen type 2 they produce which is the type of collagen that you need for cartilage so it's not really clever in absorbing it but it's clever in producing the type of collagen that you need to produce. Interesting. Interesting. You know, there are different collagen types and they're yeah. specific to different bodily tissues. Yeah, because I've seen like some some supplement companies now producing like different types of of, of collagen um, uh, type like type one, type two, and then like using ones from sort of eggshells and things like that. Um, is this formulation primarily to support joint health, or is that the same collagen that will support skin health, for example? Yes, so we have the types of collagen we have in this supplement support skin health, joint health, tendon, muscle. There is an ongoing, we, we are looking into an ongoing study where it was going to be specific type 2, which is specific to cartilage, um, type 2 collagen. But the one, this supplement actually supports all tissues at the moment, and we do know that the cartilage cells produce type 2. Our question is like, can we maximize type two production if we give it type two collagen? That's, okay. But that's specific to cartilage and joint health. Yeah. At the moment, we're seeing good benefits with what we're giving. We're just doing another study to say, well, actually, can we super maximize the joint health aspect of collagen type two? Yeah, interesting. And so for somebody who is, for example, an exerciser, uh, like, you know, exercises regularly, um, maybe puts a bit more strain on their joints and things. If they're looking for, and obviously we can't, the body's intelligent, right? It's going to use it wherever it believes is most necessary. Would you say that you might need to increase the amount that you're taking, for example, like, are there benefits? You know, I've seen people, for example, who have the have a collagen powder, the powder version, and then they just scoop it into, um, into into say tea well tea and coffee but that's when it's just collagen um yes. and have it multiple times a day like is it something we should take like regularly like that i'm just curious what the optimal way to get the maximum benefits is so the um so for there are the studies are starting to look at what's the optimal time realistically we're saying that if you are taking for tendon repair um, or muscle strength. The studies have taken it, but this is partly because it's easy to do a study this way. Giving a collagen supplement about an hour before you exercise means that actually, you know, that there are some improvements in strength, there's certainly some improvements in tendon repair in the in the little small studies. Now we're starting to just scratch the surface of how much we understand, you know. So so but suddenly in taking it an hour before exercise is great. We know that definitely there are some benefits, although we definitely need to make these studies bigger and better to absolutely say this is a causal um, evidence-based, you know, like a um, uh, result. And then, but what is also interesting is that we know by theory that for cartilage, for example, 
I think skin is the same. So cartilage cells have a little cartilage clock that they know what time of day it is and they know to switch on that cartilage clock and actually switch on repair mechanisms. Interestingly, we know that, that in um, people with, that don't sleep well, insomniacs and um, people who have night shifts, for example, have higher rates of osteoarthritis. Um, now, so, so we do think that cartilage health is affected by lack of sleep. And so the, the, the association is there actually, the cartilage clock switches its repair mechanism during our sleep. And also it would make sense because the cartilage is kind of offloaded so it can just carry on with its function without, without worrying about the load. Um, so, so we recommend that for cartilage health, particularly an hour with a sort of around the, the evening meal, an hour before bed or sort of around the evening meal would probably be beneficial, but we haven't proved that in the clinical studies yet. The most important thing is that you have it at least once a day. A little bit like there's no, um, there isn't any problem with absorption. Like for example, there is with turmeric, you know, where you have to sort of continually take it throughout the day to absorb it. Collagen peptides absorb really well. And once it's in your body, it isn't like, as long as you have it in your body, the building blocks is in there, your body will use as required. Okay. The optimal dose response we haven't yet identified. We do know that there's a dose response with cartilage cells. So if you surround more, we, we produce more collagen type 2. So we do think that the higher doses are beneficial. That's why it's been the TRR supplement, we sort of, we, we, um, we sort of really increase the dose uh, as the sort of the highest collagen dose in the market because it was delivering, you know, it, it was delivering the sort of doses we wanted for athletes, essentially. So so there, there will be more around dose response. We don't know what the top. With most um, dose response relationships, you get to better results, better results, whereas as you increase the dose, and then you do reach a plateau where additional doses don't produce additional benefits. We don't have enriched that plateau with, with collagen yet. So... The great thing is though, that the, there's no adverse effects, really. You know, it's a protein, so you're not taking anything that's that's strange or random for your body. It's something that it already, you know, is a building block. So, so um, your body interprets it as such. You know, there isn't anything that you think, oh my goodness, it's going to be toxicity. Just won't use what it doesn't need. But we haven't got to a point yet where we've been able to supplement collagen to a dose where we're saying, oh, actually, it's more than we need. So I recently popped into my local skin clinic to have an assessment done on my skin called, I think it's a Vigia machine. Um, and it's, it's actually quite scary because they look at like how many wrinkles, pigmentation, how clean your skin is to really give you a score on how well your skin is aging and things that you can do to really rectify it. And since the pandemic, uh, even though we've kind of got back on track, I have not been really doing any kind of facials or skin therapies at all. And so I realized that now is kind of the time to get back on track. And I was thinking, shall I do PRP? Shall I do some derma rolling to encourage some collagen? And so I thought, well, I'll, I'll do an assessment. And then from there, we can work out what we need. And uh, I was excited when they said to me that my skin was seven years younger than my age and they asked me what had I been using and I credit that to Young Goose Skincare literally everyone that I have recommended this to uh, gets the most transformational results if you haven't listened to my podcast with Young Goose then go back and definitely listen to that episode it's one of the most popular episodes and as I say everyone I recommend Young Goose to absolutely loves it it's a regenerative skin therapy that literally corrects cellular damage that has accumulated over over time with NAD, resveratrol, um, 
coenzyme Q10. It's a really powerful range, but it feels beautiful um, on your skin. No irritation from any of their retinol products at all, which are in a kind of an oil-based serum. Um, I kind of hydrate with their um, vitamin C peptide spray first and then add the retinol serum to lock in that moisture before using their NAD based products I use their green tea serum I love their hyperbaric oxygen mask and as I say the results don't lie so when I had the assessment done my skin was indeed getting younger and I've been using that now for about six or eight months I believe so if you want to check it out head over to bit.ly forward slash young goose and enter code Angela Foster at checkout to get 20% off that's bit.ly forward slash young goose and enter code Angela Foster to get 20% off at checkout now let's get back to the show that's interesting, isn't it? It's a little bit like, I remember speaking to, I uh, interviewed Wade Lightheart, who's the, the founder of Bioptimizers, and he has uh, one of their, their things, uh, they've produced a lot of products, but one is the digestive enzymes. And I think he did an experiment where he took up to like a thousand digestive enzymes and couldn't find any limit to the number of proteolytic enzymes you could take to facilitate, you know, like tissue repair, but also um, digestion and stuff. And it's, it's funny, isn't it? I guess more studies needed really to see if there is a cap. Um, and at which point, yeah, it becomes a waste of, of, of the product really in the body. Um, so with, with that, what if you were, I know you've mentioned taking it with food and just for the bioavailability issue, if you're someone like, I, I quite like to eat well in advance of bed, like would there be a benefit then to say taking it before bed on, a, on an empty stomach, will it be well absorbed and then facilitate that repair while you're sleeping? Because obviously the body's doing a lot of repair work at night. I mean, we haven't had any adverse effects in taking before bed. I would say that um, it's quite concentrated, the supplement, because it's like a, a protein concentrate, if you like. So it's a little bit like eating a steak before bed. Would you okay. want to do that? I don't, okay. you know, I, I, um, I, I know um, some of the products that take it, take it first thing in the morning because it's easy as a shot. And they and they um they're off on the done it and they're happy doing that and they haven't um, had any adverse effects. I think it's quite concentrated on an empty stomach. But if you're eating, depending on when you're eating, I mean, your stomach takes about five hours and depending on what you eat as well, five hours to empty. So actually you'd be safe in a five hour window from the last meal anyway. And when I say safe, I mean safe from sort of feeling a little bit bloaty or, or like you've had a steak on an empty stomach, you know, yeah. which is what it, what, it, um, what it feels like, I think. No, no real adverse effects. Um, if you've got a very sort of, I guess, sensitive stomach, you probably feel very uncomfortable, I'm not sure. Um, but no, nothing really in terms of to report in terms of concerns, which is obviously sort of a big relief and, and very exciting for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yes, like I, I, it's just really sort of what feels comfortable for you, how it works, really how it best fits into your life is important as well. What I do like about it is that because it's a protein, you know, the sort of mid-afternoon cravings, so if you exercise sort of, early evening and that you know which a lot of um, non-professionals do um it i've noticed it does away with the cravings a lot of the athletes support oh it's fantastic because i have it with my mid-afternoon snack one and a half hours before exercise and i find i'm not craving that three o'clock slump anymore mm. which is quite nice if you're trying to sort of regulate your weight or, yeah or, yeah that is you nice know, you're sort of trying to do away with sort of nasty cravings it's nice <laughs> I don't know whether there's anything in it that energizes. My, my husband has a has a knack of finding supplements that I'm taking <laughs> that I try and hide. I put these in the fridge because I think they taste really, really nice cold, the cherry. And he's like, these taste really good and I feel really good on them. 
so I don't know, is there anything, there's some vitamin C in there, isn't there? Let's talk about the That's other right. bits, because you've put in like hyaluronic acid and turmeric is in there, I believe, as well, That's to help right. lower inflammation. Vitamin C, turmeric, copper, and copper. all of these support joint health, but turmeric is a natural anti-inflammatory, natural antioxidant. We like it very much, for, I'm a big fan of turmeric for joint health and uh, dampening inflammation. Mm. Um, so, so actually we wanted something because athletes are sort of, you know, training every day, most of the time we want a little bit of turmeric just to keep everything nice and, and calm. The other thing is um, vitamin C and copper are essential for joint health, but also um, it's, it's one of those things that is beneficial for an athlete to have because if you do train regularly, we are always worried that you're sort of immunosuppressing because that's one of the things that we didn't mention earlier that if you're over training you actually get immunosuppression which is actually not not something that we want or see beneficial it increases your risks of respiratory tract infections and and other infections and obviously we always um you know consider that you know immune function and cancer and um, have close relationships as well so so these are beneficial things for overall health and well-being um, but also particularly support joint function, which we were obviously one of, was one of our key uh, aims. Yeah, yeah, sure. And the and the the vitamin C helps you absorb or, and also make more collagen, right? That's exactly right, and it's um, naturally good for immunity and as well. the skin. And well, as you know, you'll tell me all about that, I'm sure. <laughs> I really I, I really like taking the supplement it's really really nice so is the reason for saying because I've seen I've seen quite a few people mix as I say collagen into their coffee and stuff I've done it myself because it dissolves so well with other collagen but these are collagen powders that are just collagen they don't have the other things would the reason for not mixing this one not be because of the collagen absorption but because of the other compounds you then wouldn't be absorbing those as effectively that's right. I, I think um, uh, it's the turmeric, the vitamin C, the copper, you know, they can all particularly be affected. Um, I think it's also the, um, you know, coffee produces more gastric acid. So so I never like um, if, if something's very concentrated, unless you have some fat in your stomach to sort of like, you know, like descend the daily. It's just nice to um, keep them separate if you can. But yeah, absorption, collagen peptide itself, not a problem at all. Uh, but it's the other factors that I would like to, you know, the vitamin C and things that, that are definitely severely affected by coffee. And that's also in the powdered version? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they're identical. It's really for ease. You can yes. take whichever yeah. one you prefer. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Or combine as, as a lot of people do. Yeah. And combine. One and they sort of move on to the other. Or if they're traveling, it's easier to take one and not the other. Or um, taking them to the gym or, uh, you know, not having to prepare a shake. Um, for some people so it's just really designed to fit into your life be it professional athletic life or going to the gym or traveling or um you know taking into your training bag it's it's just really to give you options so that you're not oh you know it's really difficult to take all my powder to my gym and i'm traveling and you know and i'm not mm. i'm going to miss a few days and that's where you know it's it's because it's a nutritional supplement you need to take it every day to support your body absorbing and using Okay, that's interesting because that was going to be my next question actually was, is there any reason to or benefit to cycle on and off it at all and give your body a break, you know, like do it five days out of seven, for example, or is it something you should consistently take every day? Well, the studies around, again, and we're, you know, we're starting, these are um, early, this is early evidence with collagen. So as far as medicine is concerned, remember, we take a long time usually to establish evidence if we don't, because of funding limits. So it takes a couple of decades usually to really establish um, good evidence in medicine. 
So, but um, what we know is that in the longer term studies, the ones that do sort of repeated weeks have been done for joint health. So it's they've reported on joint pain, particularly, and MRI changes, which are really exciting and mm. cartilage. And they have consistently taken it every day. Okay. The strength ones are shorter, but again, they have been taking it every day. So what we do know is that it works when you take every day. We haven't explored not taking it every day because obviously we want, we're still at the causal end. We're still trying to establish how well it works and what it works for. So for that, we need to be sure that it's bioavailable. Mm. I think when we're there, then you can start exploring you know, the little breaks that you might be able to give your body, but we're not there yet and we're not sure um, whether, uh, you know, the breaks will affect, you know, overall health of the structure that you're trying to heal or support. Yeah, okay, interesting. And in terms of the, I know the research is ongoing and and it's early days in terms of how much you'd need, but would you say from what you've seen, the dosage comes down to a function of the size of the individual, the amount of strain that they're placing on themselves, overall stress and joint and etc., or a combination of the two? I think combination of the two. Um, uh, and like I say, we're, we're still exploring this dose response. And um, but, uh, but I do think it's, yeah, I, I, I would target the particular demands you're putting on your body, mm. um, you know, at a particular time, be it and those are mental demands as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, you know, stress cortisol is affected by mind and central nervous system. So, again, you know, these are these are reasons to sort of um, take supplements and take them intelligently. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And um, what would you say then that when you're looking at the non-professional market, uh, what would you say that your clientele there that are the kind of biggest mistakes they might be making that you'd like them to take account of in terms of their recovery, maybe they're not sleeping enough, overtraining. What what have you found? Well, this concept, one of the big things, I, I'm always really surprised, and perhaps it's because we sort of come from a British culture where we are very blessed to have free healthcare. But a lot of my clients will be spending a fortune perhaps on, on creams for their faces or um, you know, beauty products, travel, um, good restaurants. But it's difficult to invest in healthcare, and that's mm. your health and your body and your well-being. That is, you know, if if you look at the high earners and the people that are unfortunately not so well, be it disabled, bimuscular, problems, spinal problems, or you know, um, other other medical problems, it's it always surprises me that we don't consider that investment in healthcare is is important. So that's I think one of the big ones that always. Um, surprises me, you know, they'll go for the, the, the thing that is either paid for by the insurance or um, that they don't have to pay for. And it's, for me, that's sometimes really sad, like mm. in terms of like it's insane, you know, like when, when you can sort of afford um, good products, good health care by the price of like two meals, you know. Yeah, no, <laughs> or, I agree. You know, like it's just, mm. in terms of the long term benefits of one on the other, um, you know, is saddens me a little bit and I think it's it's culture change. I think it's different in different countries. And um, that's one of the ones. The other ones is yes, adequate rest and recovery. Learn to listen to your body. And and of sometimes we've lost this link because we're so caught up in our jobs and our families and in what needs to be done that is also important. But this whole um if you, if you don't have that link if your body's giving you signs of something hurts, get it sorted, get it diagnosed, get proper treatment, don't ignore it. 
you know, it's, it's gone on for more than two days, get a diagnosis, suddenly more than a week. Um, because running on an injury often creates irreversible damage that then you're always having to, um, I say running, competing, uh, you know, continue with the activity that or sport that you love and ignoring symptoms never plays out well musculoskeletally and often it's a simple fix, a simple, um, simple advice, simple treatment, good diagnosis to begin with and then off you go and you can enjoy your life. Um, if you don't have that good relationship in terms of understanding the signs that your body's giving you, speak to somebody who can teach you about load progression, low periodization, adequate recovery, rest, nutrition, supplements. Um, because often, again, it's a very short-term investment and the overall scale of things, um, it, it's actually very small and the health benefits and the long-term quality of life benefit, the ability to enjoy your family as you get older, is so important. And often, just we don't just don't understand that sometimes we just need to invest that time, energy and expense into looking after ourselves if we enjoy sport and if we enjoy um loading a, a skeleton frequently and intensely um which has you know immense benefits but you know when they break down get it sorted the quicker i always say to my patients is the quicker you know they always say oh yeah but athletes footballers oh my goodness they, they recover so quickly you know they they immediately they get them so, yeah, but, but we, we often have a diagnosis on the pitch and if we don't have a diagnosis on the pitch we'll have it that evening mm. and if we don't have it that evening we'll definitely have it by the next day um or we're fine-tuning it by the by the next day that means that we start treatment pretty much straight away because we have a diagnosis very quickly so th those are the biggest things i think that you know do not continue your activity with pain you shouldn't exercise should not cause pain it should cause you know suddenly um, effort that sometimes feels painful but it shouldn't cause long-standing pain do not ignore swelling get diagnosis get treated um don't be afraid to invest in the short term because the long-term benefits are are suddenly something to be considered and often it's very difficult i think when you exercise when you're athletic to um think long term and it's one of the things that we always have to do mm. in professional sport you know like a yeah. um, career quality of life are are important so um some risks are assumable it doesn't mean that you're going to go and see a sports physician and they're going to say you cannot run you cannot participate you cannot do your exercise class some risks you know are, are assumable but you need to have educated um discussions around what risks are just not worth it and uh, and what risks are and it's often a real a real sort of uh, multidisciplinary discussion as to yes we can do that or no or we have to just um shorten the duration and the intensity for a little while in order to get or we need to retrain your postural control or your core um in order to protect your spine going forward because we've sustained x injury or y so it's just that conversation that often um we think that we go to the doctor we're going to be shut down and we're not going to be allowed to run that's really you know of another time mm -hmm. um you know, what we do all the time is actually modify what you do. Rarely do I tell a person to stop their exercise. They have to be very injured for me to do that. It's just uh, yeah, a case of modifying it. And I guess um, my other question would be around what have you found, aside from uh, the TR collagen supplement, um, to be beneficial for people who are training hard and maybe they are also working hard? Are there other 
um, foods nutritionally that you think they should definitely be prioritizing in terms of getting those micronutrients in and maybe even like you know more protein than the average individual but also certain supplements that you think are very supportive of, of achieving that longevity both in sport and life well, I think that has to be very unique to the individual and what their demands are. So it's like, you know, I'm not sort of trying to avoid the question. It's just more, you know, what we do in, in sports medicine is very much tailor make, um, you know, a program for the person, depending on their demands, their sports, what their requirements are. And um, so I, mean, I think speaking generally, vitamin D is the big one. Um, we have a lot of vitamin D deficiency, mainly because, um, you know, we're a little bit like plants. We have to be fully exposed to the sun to produce vitamins with vitamin D. And there's all the um, data around cancer and obviously aging is one of them. But all you need is 20 minutes twice a day, but you don't need enough sun to do that. So in the UK, we don't get that very often. And if we do, rarely are we fully exposed. So, you know, none of us walk around in a bikini or, or shorts um, for very long, at least. And so... So actually vitamin D is one of the things that I like monitoring and I like on sort of the fairly high end of, of levels. Um, and we see a lot of deficiency and often um, my patients feel much better when that's addressed. They feel more energetic. They have, you know, a better, better, um, they find themselves in a, in a better state of mind, even mentally, when we've addressed vitamin D deficiency. And that's anecdotal because that hasn't been studied, but it's a thing. Um, and then uh, I would say also, you know, watchful around the vitamin C and zinc as supplements as well. I really like those. I think a lot of us get immunosuppressed over tiredness, fatigue, travel, um, you know, recent injury, illness. I like supplementing those quite often for a little while. They don't need to be done all the time, but suddenly around infection time, for example, I'm a big fan of high dose vitamin C and zinc. Um, but I keep it quite basic. And then um, suddenly there's, there's evidence for protein and strength, especially in the in the aging population. Obviously, women around the menopause have very particular requirements as well. Mm. And it, and um, you know the, the sort of there's so much going on with um, diet and influences at the moment, and there's so much by press around dairy, and so I always worry about my premenopausal women and even the young women because there is evidence that if you don't have enough calcium intake in your, for example, early twenties, that you're gonna sort of have a higher risk of osteoporosis and um, postmenopause. So, so again, those are things that are that I'm very watchful around in particular sectors of the population, um, but I would say. You know, get get personal advice on what your requirements are, because we can we've we've become quite good at actually tailor making programs. Mm. Yeah, very definitely. I think I think what I found with protein, a lot of people really do genuinely find it difficult in the beginning to eat enough because I think everyone just sort of neglects it don't they they neglect it in the morning they neglect it really at lunch and then they might have something big in the evening which probably often gives them more protein than they can actually absorb in that one sitting and they benefit so much and I don't know about you but I just see the cognitive benefits are enormous once you start putting protein in in the morning they're like suddenly feel so much switched on because you've got this ready supply of essential amino acids um I agree, and uh, and this is um, and you know in terms of like we were speaking about craving, I think people eat better um, 
they're more satisfied. They they have that sort of um, well-being feeling of having had a good meal when they eat protein regularly. I'm a big fan of regular protein intake. Mm, I think so. And just lastly, on the TRR, so I noticed the cherry in it. Is that just, um, is that the vitamin C in the flavour? Or I know cherry itself actually is also very beneficial. It's um, an um, so, so that was just the flavour. We, we weren't so concerned with um, the need for, um, you know, uh, in order to have an antioxidant benefit. Yes, it does. But I would say, like, if, if that's what I was after, I would just super maximise the, the cherry, the black cherry um, uh, intake. But that's more around flavour and to flavour it naturally. We wanted something that, mm. you know, was good for you as well. So... So hence, hence the cherry flavour. Yeah, that was the thing. One of the things I really liked about it as well is just so many things in sport are full of artificial sweeteners, and this just didn't. It's just the cherry and a little bit of stevia. Absolutely. Yeah. Like we just don't. Yeah, we we don't like the the. Um, increasingly, I think there's a drive towards more natural products, and uh, and um, so we were very keen to sort of get rid of anything that was artificial or artificial sweeteners, and they're not associated with particular. Uh, good results in athletes either because you know they move obviously their gut and uh, so for, for example runners it would be uh, you know the cumulative effect of artificial sweeters is not a good one so yeah. we stay well away from them yeah for sure no I love it well where can people find out more I think uh, we have a discount check, uh, code that we'll share in the show notes but where can people find out more about you Ava your practice and also more about TRR and the uh, the supplement well, we sort of, we've got a, I mean, I, I work at the, we're called the Sports Medical Group. I work at 25 Harley Street and also at Castle Street in Guildford. Um, and there's a website, uh, sportsmedicalgroup.com. And then there's the TRR.com website as well, where they can find all the details about the products and the athletes that are taking it and are associated with it. But we're always also, if you had any further questions on the follow-up to this, because it's so much information, it's really difficult to contain any further questions. We've, we've got a section on the TRR website for further questions that we address personally, so can individualise um, any questions or any particular concerns you might have. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. We will link to all of that in the show notes. And thanks for sharing all your wisdom and expertise and coming on the show. It's been a pleasure having you. A pleasure uh, chatting to you. Thank you. Hope you have a good result. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body and lifestyle.